0: Welcome to the Wednesday episode of It's Not You, It's Them, But It Might Be You. And in this episode, we are tackling three dating dilemmas. Actually, one of them is more like a friendship dilemma, actually, but it's an interesting one because it relates to like dating and all that, I guess. Anyway, you'll hear them. I don't know why I'm trying to tell you what they're about when you're just about to listen to them. So here we go with the first one.
1: Hi, Lala. I'm a single mum. My ex-husband was a narcissist. Since leaving him, I've gone through a complete sexual revolution. I don't have the time to commit to a long-term partner, so I've joined the sex-positive dating app, Field. Ideally, I'd like two or three casual lovers to have sex with and hang out with. I'm definitely liberal with my sexual expression, but it seems like a lot of the men I'm meeting seem to enjoy the risk of anonymous hookups. I feel like I need to know a bit about someone to feel safe. I just asked a guy on a video call to show me his work ID, which felt a bit cringe. He's asking me to go on a dirty break to Europe for our first physical encounter, which feels a bit risky to me. What length should you go to to ensure safety on dates, especially internet dates when the sexual element is at the fore on apps like Field? I don't want to end up on the front page as a woman who was murdered because I didn't take the right precautions. I just want to have fun and enjoy this era of my life. I'm confident, I love exploring boundaries, I'm just terrified of winding up drugged, raped or worse.
0: To start with, women don't end up dead because they didn't take precautions, they end up dead because men murder them. But this is such a valid fear for anyone who has sex with men. Not just women, men we saw that grinder story with that awful murderer who who met men on apps and drugged them and raped them. Of course, there have also been honey trap murders uh, who who have set men up. but but honestly, if you're dating women, this is much less of a risk for you. But there are clear, well- evidenced risks for women. <sighs> specifically dating men. Grace Mullane's story is a horrific one. So real precautions do need to be taken. Uh, and, and, you know, Field, if you haven't heard of Field, Field, F-E-E-L-D is a sex positive dating app where people are explicitly there to state that this is the type of sex I like, this is the type of sex I'm looking for. Some people find relationships on there and are looking for ethically non-monogamous relationships and things, but it's definitely leading with, I like sex, I want sex. The difference is that if you are looking for casual, I think on an app-like field, people are expecting it to just be like, hey, we've both discussed that we like this and we want this, let's meet up and fuck. And, and so there is that slight resistance, I think, especially from men who may not understand, you know, they don't want to go through the whole formality of like couple of dates, get to know each other and figure out that you're safe. That's why they're on an app like field, because they're not looking to date. So that, so it does put in that extra barrier. But as you have stated, you don't want to die. You don't want to die. You don't want to be hurt on a date. And unfortunately, you are going to have to go through standard dating precautions. I was going to say in order to avoid that, you know, it wasn't the women who are hurt and murdered and whatever on dates. It wasn't because they didn't take certain precautions. It wasn't their fault that they were murdered. Taking precautions can't prevent everything, but it can certainly help to keep you a little bit safer. So ask for details that you can verify seeing their LinkedIn or their social media and making sure that that social media is real and active and you can see their friends and see a bit about their life. That is a really good first step. Don't ever just meet up with somebody who you've only communicated with on a dating app because you don't know you you might be being totally catfished and end up meeting somebody completely different. So make sure that you ask for details that you can verify and give them a Google if you've got their full name. No harm in Googling. I would suggest that your first meeting is always public. And also don't promise sex on that first meeting because you just don't know how you're going to feel. Meeting publicly is not just because they might kill you. It's also because you might change your mind. They might completely freak you out. It's very possible that you can be video calling somebody for days or whatever, communicating with them on WhatsApp and thinking, fuck me. Like this, uh, this person is so sexy. I can't wait to meet them. I want to jump in bed with them. And then when you're face to face with them, it ain't the same. There's something, you know, it could be a smell. Not even that they smell, but there's something. Their chemistry is not right. They freak you out. They make you feel weird. So it's really important to never be like, let's meet at this hotel and fuck. No, let's meet for a coffee or let's meet for a drink. And then we'll see how things go. You need to have an out to be able to get out of that situation if you need to. Don't let them know where you live initially. Don't let them come to your house. Do not let them pick you up from your house. You may well find that this is somebody who you really do not want knowing where you live. So be really careful until you feel that you can trust them and you know them a bit better about hiding your address. Don't let them call you an Uber from their phone. When, when you're leaving theirs, because again, that'll give them access to your address and tell people where you're meeting them. Tell friends where you're going and let them know that you've shared that information with a friend. If you are deciding to go and meet them at a hotel or you are going to their flat for the first time, even though I would strongly advise against that, if you are going to do that, then let them know. Oh, I've given my mate your address. Tell them. And if they freak out or ra- react badly to any of this stuff, to you asking for details, to meeting first publicly, to knowing that you've shared with a friend who you're meeting. If they freak out or react badly, it is a red flag. If they take your need to be cautious personally, it is a problem. It's a problem just because they are totally putting their own needs first. They don't Give two fucks about you and they don't give two fucks about women. Because any man who really gets this would be saying, Yeah, if this was my daughter, my sister, my mum, I wouldn't be saying it's a good idea to just go and meet random men off the internet who you have just spoken to once or twice. I would be telling my daughter, my sister, my mum to take these safety precautions, and they fucking know they would. So if they are acting like, oh, why I'm not a murderer. That's that's a fucking red flag. Run if they do not understand your need to be cautious and put your need to be cautious above your need to get your fanny tickled. Obviously, for misogyny, not recognizing women's feelings or the risks that are posed to women, but also I think it's a real red flag for them actually being rubbish in bed. If you don't have that understanding of women, of what the world is like for us, I really doubt very much that you've spent much time understanding how to be good in bed, how to treat us well. It's just a red flag all over. On to the next question.
2: Hi, Lala. I was just wondering if you could offer some advice about my friend. So we're both 30 and we're really aligned in our values for a long time. We've actually been best friends for almost half our lives. But recently it's, it's worrying me that she's trying to justify the uh, utter bullshit that people like Piers Morgan come out with. And I thought, okay, that's fine. We can have different views. But it's gradually been getting worse. She's been moaning about woke people ruining the country, which has been really annoying. But I've tried to put my point across that I don't agree with her at all and trying to explain why it's venomous rubbish. Then all of a sudden, she started asking me about Andrew Tate. And I said, the scum of the earth, Andrew Tate? And she starts trying to defend what he says about women, saying that women need to take responsibility for if they're attacked and that he, quote-unquote, makes sense. (laughs) It's really worrying me because she knows that I've been in abusive relationships and that I've been raped and have been processing it through therapy. But now that she seems to be doubting anyone who speaks about abuse and regurgitating incel rubbish, I can't help but to take it personally. Like, she's been my best friend for nearly 15 years, but at the moment, she doesn't feel like a safe person. And it seems like no matter how much sense I try to say to her or how many facts I give her, she believes opinions of people like Andrew Tate more. She keeps telling me, he's not that bad, the clips aren't real, it only shows one thing he said years ago. I I feel like I can't cope with it anymore, because it, it hurts coming from a friend, especially one who's a woman, and has always been there for me, but she's now been pulled into the Tate cult, and seems to be criticising all my values and morals, as well as diminishing my story. I just, I don't know how to explain or cope with it without possibly losing my best friend. <sighs> thank you and so sorry about the brain dump.
0: This is becoming more and more common not just with the kind of Andrew Tate right wing misogyny stuff but it was very present around COVID with conspiracy theories vaxxers versus anti-vaxxers the whole right wing seems to be rising very much and all of this stuff seems to be really connected you know there's either people getting upset about drag queens reading stories to children, other people getting upset about refugees coming here in boats, the same people supporting Andrew, you know, it's all just this like kind of whirlwind of disinformation and misinformation and it's all becoming very divided. I'm obviously in the left wing. I'm obviously don't think that just stop oil activists or refugees or drag queens are the thing that's ruining this country. I think it's the fucking corrupt Tory government. But there are a lot of people who who are on the other side. But, you know, I wouldn't just not be friends with someone because they were a Tory or whatever. However, there are other subjects where it's coming down to fundamental human rights. I can be friends with somebody who holds different views, but I can't be friends with somebody whose views ultimately lead to harm of others that those views are about the fundamental human rights of other people i couldn't be friends with a racist or a homophobe or a misogynist because i just simply couldn't respect them their core ethics and values are not only completely different to mine but their core ethics and values involve the harm of other people So this is a really difficult situation for you. You've been friends with her for such a long time and obviously you were really like on the same page. And now she's been sucked into the anti-woke culture, which a lot of us who are able to critically think and who are able to see, I guess, both sides can see how much of what is coming out of that rhetoric is actually nonsense. Seeing sensible people spouting misogynistic or racist nonsense and being radicalised against what they see as woke ideology is really fucking painful. And especially for you as a survivor, it is incredibly difficult to be around someone who is showing you that they are currently idolising a person who, who has been accused of rape and human trafficking. There's loads of advice out there for how to deal with friends who have massively different views. But the way to deal with those things is is generally either end the friendship, never see that person again, decide not to talk to each other because your views are just so opposing or be calm with them. Be patient, listen to their views, show interest in what they're saying. Every time they raise Tate or racism or any of those things, you listen, you hear, and then you show them other sources of information. But you do it calmly in in a non-confrontational way. You show them, oh, like I listened to that and thank you for showing me that. And I I can get why, why you see that. But could I also show you this? Don't make this an issue that is a constant talking point in your friendship. But when she raises it, you could say, oh, but that, you know, but what about this and and, and what about that? You know, be gentle about it. So you could just agree to never talk about that side of things. But it is really about whether you will be able to shift from the knowledge that deep down her core ethics are very disturbing and very disturbing to you specifically as a survivor. I I don't think I could tolerate that, but I'm never going to say to you, listen, end this fucking friendship. So see if you can make a friendship that never, ever involves those things. Being discussed or or being at the forefront of of what you're doing together, but it is really difficult, and I can see why you don't want to lose a friendship of 15 years. It sounds like, in a way, you're already losing the person who you were friends with initially, and that's kind of okay. Like if friends have a massive personality change, start believing in things that are completely opposing to what we. Believe in, then we can either continue that friendship and just commit to avoiding the conversations that will trigger both of us and the things that we completely disagree on. If those things come up as a topic of conversation, we can just say, Nope, that's that, we're ignoring that one. Or you can choose to end the friendship and just say, oh, You've changed so much that I don't think that I can be in your presence anymore. Because if I know that you strongly believe that rape victims were complicit and responsible for their own trauma then that's very hard to be friends with somebody like that and you you shouldn't have to be it might be useful for you to listen to my previous podcast on female misogyny grifters in that episode i give an explanation for why so many women are turning to misogyny and it's really fucking sad so that might help you to understand her a little bit but it absolutely wouldn't be wrong of you to end this friendship although i know that that's what you want to avoid doing so maybe just put a lid on Every conversation that comes up that you find triggering, that's probably the best way.
1: Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? (laughs) Some peasant Coke? No.
0: Every week they deep dive into conversations with a variety of experts on some really, really important and eye or ear opening topics like the history of abortion and the science of sleep. Get excited, get curious and listen to Getting Curious wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hi, Lala. My boyfriend has a very close relationship with his ex. They were together for eight years, but he tells me it felt platonic between them for the last few years. They broke up and the best friend status of the relationship has continued. I don't have any issue with this, to be fair. However, they text each other good morning every day and numerous texts throughout. They speak on the phone every few days and see each other regularly too. I am never invited along as although she's just a friend, he doesn't want to rub her face in it about the fact that he has moved on. I assume, therefore, that despite their closeness, he also must never talk about me or our life together, which does hurt. For a while, they still use their pet names for each other, though he says they stopped since I raised an issue about it. I'm wondering if other women would feel okay about this and if the issue was is with me. Their relationship won't change, so I need to decide whether I can cope with it or move on.
0: Can I just say shout out to you because you have handled this so securely and maturely a lot of people would have freaked out a lot sooner. So you've done very well to be so securely attached on this one. And there is nothing actually inherently wrong with him remaining close to an ex. It's somebody who is close to, and it's very possible to continue to have friendships with people that you dated or who you were in relationships with. We shouldn't always automatically assume that there is some love left over. There often isn't, and it is often completely platonic. Although sometimes it's not, but it can be. However, the issue to me is this whole thing. So if they were just speaking regularly, I mean, this good morning every day is a bit much. Like, I have a couple of really, really close friends and we absolutely do not message each other good morning every morning. We can go a couple of days without speaking to each other at all. I would find their need to check in with each other every single morning a little bit dodgy, but that's just me. It doesn't mean that there is anything going on. So just I'm just telling you how I feel because you asked about how other women feel. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a big glaring flag. But what I do think is the biggest flag and issue here is that he's keeping you separate as he doesn't want to rub it in her face that he's moved on. And that is not okay because he has moved on and she has to accept that. And if she can't accept that while maintaining a friendship with him, then she needs to not be part of that friendship. She needs to not be friends with him anymore. That suggests to me that there are still feelings there. And I I, I would have liked to have seen, if this was a proper friendship, him bringing you all together. And you having some kind of trio of friendship together. So so that is the part that kind of I think, "Mm hmm, this is not good. But there are two options here potentially either there's definitely still something between them and he's keeping one foot in both relationships or he's a people pleaser and he's genuinely just friends with her but he wants to make everyone happy all the time if you think it's option one and that there is still something going on and he's not quite ending that one because he's not entirely sure that it's over then I think there's no choice but to walk away and to end it But if it's option two and he is just this people pleaser who just cannot bear the thought of like making her feel uncomfortable making you feel uncomfortable and he just doesn't know how to kind of set boundaries very clearly, just wants to please everyone, then I think that it would benefit from a real clear conversation. And he would benefit from some kind of therapy or coaching to give him that confidence to set boundaries and not have to feel like he can't bear to hurt anyone's feelings. But the issue really is not with you. And, and I really think that most women I'm going to put this on my page we'll put this up on my page and everybody can have a discussion about it and I'd love everybody to contribute in comments and let us know what you think about this I guarantee you that majority of people in comments will say you shouldn't have to put up with this. This is discomfort for you. This is your relationship too. And now there's this third party who is part of it and it's, it does all feel a bit blurred. If there wasn't that bit about him not rubbing it in her face, I think it would be less dodge. But to me, I don't like that part. I'll be very interested to hear what everybody else says. But just on you, you're doing really well. You're handling this really well. But don't think that the issue is you and think also about how how would this be received if this was the other way around if you were the one who was doing exactly the same with your ex would he be totally cool with that how do you think he would react to that think about that have a good think about this but ultimately if that friendship isn't going anywhere and, and your anxiety about it isn't going anywhere then you have to put yourself first. You can't remain in a relationship where you've got this low-lying anxiety about what the fuck's going on every time he's meeting up with her or talking to her. Even if there's nothing happening, it's just not fair for you to have to deal with that every day. So we've come to the end of another set of questions. You can always DM me and let me know what you think. You can also DM me and tell me if you would like to submit something that you want me to talk about suggestions for Monday topics you can tell me anything and also I never really say this I know loads of people on podcast say this I always feel a bit cringe when I say it but please do like subscribe follow share do all that jazz because it is really important to get numbers popping on podcast they don't bring you back for a second season if only four people are listening to it so we need at least five or six by next week please share it with your friends And I hope you can join me again on Friday. We've got Grace Campbell back in for her final show with us, talking dating dilemmas and all that jazz again. So I will see you, or rather you will hear me, in a couple of days. Bye. La la la, let me explain. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production.